Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McInroy. I'm joined by Steve Walsh. Hello. And we're off for a spot of guerrilla gardening with Richard Reynolds of uh, guerrillagardening.org, Britain's 24th most influential gardener. We're going to St George's Circus, just up by the Elephant, to give a dig that Richard previously established a bit of a tidy bit of a spruce. Welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you for having me. Regular listeners will remember a few weeks ago you were on for our LFS episode. Mm-hmm. LFS legacy, isn't it, Steve, really? Very much so, yeah. The ripples of LFS still carrying on. So maybe give the listeners, Richard, an idea of what we were doing today mm. at St George's Circus. Well, this morning we were having a, a seasonal spruce up of a gorilla garden that's it's eight years old now. Uh, it's a, a crescent of soil on the edge of a very busy junction and um, the job today was mainly clearing the leaves that clog it all up and putting a few weeds out and we put a few tulips in and some mulch and found all sorts of peculiar treasures amongst the the leaves which is always part of the fun yeah half a national insurance cost that was one of the more <laughs> yeah, that's probably the highlight wasn't it you're aware of the dog um, the dog grave right, I'd forgotten yeah. about that and then someone I can't remember this morning someone found it again the, the, the crucifix emerged from the leaves and beneath that are layers of concrete slabs and in its day when it was a fresh grave for this poor dog who I think was called Spot or, or some other very uh, familiar dog name it had candles there was a, 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 a furry, um, stuffed dog toy symbolising, just in case we were in any doubt what was buried <laughs> underneath. There was all sorts of knickknacks and well, I like think a dog blanket. Like attached to the crucifix, isn't yeah, it? That's, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's so I kept spotting this bit of colour from a distance and thinking it was litter. Yes. About three times I went to pick it up and just chuck it in the pile and he still <laughs> get in and go, don't throw that away, this is yeah. someone's... It's a nice addition, I think, um, you know... They, you're using these areas as communal garden areas, and if someone wants to make mm. a uh, makeshift pet cemetery, it's <laughs> fine. It's legit, it, absolutely, it's all in the spirit of guerrilla gardening. It's a bit of public space. It's there for people to to make something of. So it's it's rare but fun to see when someone's made a significant contribution. In fact, there was a there's another um, guerrilla garden, a bigger one up by Morley College that we do, and earlier in the summer. Uh, I found a, a huge yucca plant, really beautiful, like spectacular plant that had been added, but had, I think I tweeted about it, but I had no way to find out you know, the story behind it. And then three weeks ago, whenever we were, I was last there, a man came up to me with his son. They were both dressed as pirates, which <laughs> just, <laughs> just uh, as you are on a Sunday morning. And he, he revealed that he had planted this and he was pleased to see it was still there and blah, has blah, he buried blah, blah, treasure blah. underneath it well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I, 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 he, we, he, we never got onto why he was dressed as a pirate but um, <laughs> perhaps yeah he's a pirate gardener <laughs> so you said uh, eight years for the St George's Circus site what was yes. the first sort of site you set up the, the first one was a, a just under a year before that which was downstairs from where we are now we're on the tenth floor of Perinet House which overlooks around about and beneath us are these communal beds that are part of the the council of the estate 
and I'd moved in and about six months later saw that no one was looking after them and it was frustrating it was frustrating and a bit embarrassing actually to think you know God, I've moved into this dump and and exciting because I thought well this doesn't look too hard to actually sort it out myself and at the time there was no no tenants group or anything there was no obvious way to immediately find out what was going on so I thought well I'll just I'll just do it myself and, and blog about it this will be you know, a fun venture at night uh, to see what happens and see where it leads and it all worked out brilliantly no one got me into trouble no one stole my plants and gradually I got a bit more confident went out at other times of the day and then people joined in and three years later I actually got permission. It was a, it's a sort of roundabout way it came about. But now that's a, a totally legitimate um, garden. And the Tenants Residence Association give me a little bit of money each year to pay for materials. And it's, it's really satisfying. And that's where it can lead, you see. The, 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 just going out there, believing that uh, you know best. When it certainly comes to gardening in public, well, you I would say you can get away with it. And, and, and you can get permission granted later on they said to me you would have never given you permission if you'd asked to start with <laughs> yeah so this is the thing See, what is the council's attitude well, generally to the red garden well it, it varies a lot by council which reminds me there's a few emails I haven't responded to from councils outside London who are writing to me I've had a flurry of them in the last two months um, saying let's talk you know what can we learn from what you, you're doing there and, and how can we collaborate I, I think they Imagine that the guerrilla gardening movement is perhaps more organised than, than it yeah. actually is. So we'll I, go I, to uh, the top guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go to him and check, <laughs> and then he'll dispatch his you know, divisions of Nottinghamshire to, to, to sort out. It doesn't work like that. But, but in London, where I guerrilla garden is between um, Southwark and Lambeth, and they're like chalk and cheese as to how they respond. Southwark is reticent. Um, they're not obstructive um, and there've been moments when it's been difficult but they're, they're generally they, they, they don't collaborate and they, they, they back off and initially that was fine but as my ambitions grew and I saw the enthusiasm for people to be gardening in public places not you know not big parks not big park projects which Southwark actually does quite well but, but these small little spaces right near where they live, in their estates, in their street. Um, I, I've been disappointed that Southwark haven't embraced um, what I've been offering them, which is a, 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 a way of doing that with people and facilitating it. Whereas Lambeth have, and Lambeth do it themselves, and have won awards for a scheme that enables residents to plant up uh, their streets with little um, tree pit planters. And they call it Freshview. And it's a fantastic project. Really mm. simple. Two guys in the council right part-time. And um, it's a brilliant, brilliant use of public money. And, and it really gives a lot of the volunteers in, in Lambeth just a little kickstart, just a little enthusiasm, the permission they need to, to, to make their immediate area look brilliant. And I've tried so hard with Southwark. I've had the so leader... Go, look what's happening Yeah, I got, I got the leader of the council and his cabinet member for communities to Lambeth to see one of these sessions in action 
Um, I had the meeting here, like we're literally around this table to talk about it, to sh- you know, so this is how it would work, this is how you might want to fund it based on what you're funding at the moment, this is how you'd kind of reapportion your budget. And um, they're kind of enthusiastic. The leader, Peter John, he got it, he definitely got it. His cabinet member, Claire Hickson, didn't really, I don't think she really understood it. Um, though I tried. And, um, but it went nowhere. Outside, though, just yeah, yeah. But I mean, they don't even need exactly. The cost is minimal. Sure, the yeah. cost is really. You know, really you're getting free labour essentially. Yeah. You engage in yeah. the community. And I mean, that that is well, the that's the thing. The council, like, it, it's going to make your residents happier, which is the obviously right at the bottom of their list of things. Mm. But right at the top of their list of things is saving money. Yeah, and it's you know the, very odd. It does both these things so well. It, I think it's the the the, the, the fear yeah. is is about sort of letting go a bit. So Lambeth are relaxed enough to be able to have two officers who are, are able to be relatively casual about okay this is fine on the pavement you know in terms of health and safety and you know th- there's a lot of trust and Southwark's way of giving the community money to do projects that are going to make the area cleaner and greener and, and all these good things is much more formalized you have to be constituted group um, your application is reviewed over six months um, it then has to be audited, and what it ends up creating is, is it's only those who have really organised, perhaps local charities or yeah, tenants groups. Some stuff from the cleaner, greener, safer fund. Exactly, yeah, that, so that's yeah. the fund, and it's it's yeah, so there is money there, but yeah. it's, it it the, it excludes a load of people who frankly can't be bothered and I don't think they should be bothered to have to go through that bureaucratic process mm. when actually all they want is to spend a Saturday morning doing a bit of gardening in their street and the council can help by putting the wood in place bringing the soil giving them permission and then, then they just get on with it um, so my recommendation was use some of that CGS money to pilot what I call pimp your pavement in a, in a bit of I think that was your estate and yeah, perhaps it was the branding. Yeah, though I think I did. I did throw into discussion. You don't have to call it that. Just call it. Call it. No, no, no you're right. I, I didn't call it Pimp Your Pavement. I said we would call it Cleaner, Greener, Safer Express. Mm, because it's, yeah, because it's all because <laughs> it's all about fast track. It's all about efficiency. Yeah, yeah. And and and, 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 and a bit like good, you're, yeah. you're borrowing from Tesco. You know, it's a yeah. bit like it's smaller and local. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas cleaner community, so you can still keep that. That's for the big, you know, the big mm. schemes where you're going to pedestrianise a street or put in massive red planters or something. But anyway, it went nowhere. And I even put a grant application together for CGS to fund, you know, this. Uh, uh, and I was, they, I had discussions. With their officers, so you can apply for up to five grand, and yeah, they gave me zero. Mm. They gave me zero, so I've given up. I'll wait for them to realise that um, they're missing out. Yeah. So, what projects are you currently uh, working on outside of uh, councils, council help? Yeah, I'm working on the sort of two uh, stream. No, no, three, three actually, three projects. Which are uh, one of which is, of course, is the guerrilla gardening. There are a network of beds around here you've seen some today that continue as any garden does to require care and and um, rejuvenation so um, from as far north as Lambeth North Tube and Morley College down to Steedman Street which is at the top of the Walworth Road there's there's beds there that um, I, I, I tend and then there's the the mobile gardeners project which was you visited as part of Ellifest um, but in 2014-15 it's going to have a whole new exciting phase to it 
and next week we begin that planning process in earnest and what that's about is moving because that garden is mobile because we knew it had to move and it has to move a bit sooner than we'd thought it will be moving this time next year so we're working with Lendlease who are one of the main developers in the area to work out which bit of their development uh, we can have our mobile garden on for a number of years mm -hmm. so we, we, we get on site in a couple of weeks to start drawing the lines so okay we want this bit yeah, <laughs> so it's, that, that's really fun I'm really really glad that it's got there and um, we then have a year to try and work out how best to use that site and get more people involved in helping us create something brilliant there where is it currently? It's we're currently at the top of Walworth Road, just at the end of a cul-de-sac called Wansey Street. And when can people uh, come and see? Or we're it, it, we're next open on the 9th of November for uh, an event where we're doing maintenance to our pictorial meadow. Um, we have a series of what we call skill up um, training courses, and actually this is the last one of the season. Um, but we, we schedule in all sorts of events over the year. Uh, we've just had a Halloween bonfire last week, and um, there'll be more coming up um, as and when someone suggests an event, or, or we, we think of one. Um, but if anyone wants to be a gardener there, they can just sign up to our free tenancy, and then they get their code to the lock, and they can come and go as they like. Right. So, so um, if you want to be yeah, a, basically a kind of mini allotment gardener, and well, that's the thing, there wasn't a, an allotment boom a couple of years ago, wasn't there? Mm. Very quickly, it became oversubscribed, and we yeah. talked about mad waiting lists in every allotment in London. Mm. And this seems like a really interesting way to get around that. That's where you go, this is a collective thing, where it's like, this isn't your strip, and that's their patch. And well, it's a bit of that. There, oh, there, there are, yeah, some of those containers are very much just like an allotment. That's, right. that's okay. you know, tenant so-and-so's, that's their, their block. But... It's not such a grand scale. You know, allotments, the legislation goes back decades and, and there's a certain size that you, you, know, you have. And actually for a lot of people, that's too much. It's more than they can look after or need. So we're not offering so much. Our space isn't so big. We, we'd rather have lots of people doing a little bit rather than a few people doing a lot. And there's also, though, lots of communal projects within the space as well, like the meadow. You know, we all chip in with that. We did a planting session a couple of weeks ago where we, we've planted daffodils and we're, we've planted them to spell the word daffodil. <laughs> this was a, a spontaneous idea that, that <laughs> developed during the workshop and um, so that, that should look good in, in springtime. But the, the new location will potentially be bigger and it will be in place for longer and it will be easier to get to because we're currently very hidden away. Yeah, so it's not a place people pass. No, it? no, no one. You know, it's, we, people hear about us really through word of mouth and mm. listening to people like your good selves who talk about us. Um, and, and we're on, you know, we're on Facebook, Mobile Gardeners, MobileGardeners.org. So that's that's really exciting. Planning for the new location. When you were planting that garden, were you thinking? Obviously, you, you call it mobile as now, but yeah. when you started, were you thinking we'll have to move this at some point? And did you choose things accordingly? Yeah, we knew that we would have to move. It was made quite clear this is a temporary location um, because, and that's why it's available, because it's part of the massive redevelopment of the Haygate estate. The 
uncertainty was how temporary. Because, of course, if it's really temporary, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, particularly yeah. with gardening, you know, before you've planted, before it's grown, you'll be moving on. So we'd expected to have it for three years. We've actually ended up with it for just uh, two years, two seasons worth. Um, but there, there's talk that the new location will be in place for five years, which then means, yeah, OK, we're mobile and, we're, and the garden can move within it. The containers can be shuffled around, but we'll be less mobile if we can put down roots a bit and, and you know, develop a reputation. People will know, oh, that's where that great that garden is. So we, we actually, though, should be more precise. We, we talk about it as a park because it's, it's not just for, for gardening. Like when you visited, yeah, you can have a walk around. There was a well, there was a van. No, we have bonfires. There's a toilet. What? Where did you get the uh, hexadome from? Um, That was built by a a, a brilliant um, guy who lives lives in this block now, actually called Andy Bosham, who built a geodesic dome out of scrap material from his um, stage building. Oh wow! And he built it for the mobile garden. Yeah, this time last year. I wondered where it'd been recovered from. Do you want a dome? Do you want a geodesic (laughs) dome? And yes, please. Yes, particularly as it's free. The thing is, then you start doing one project, and then suddenly things that are you know related, people were sort of inspired, aren't they? That's the the fun of these when when you've got a space that is it's there for the community to be creative in. That that's why the developers and the council offered it um, to us to oversee and it's really exciting as other people bring their ideas to it um, and we we want more so anyone who has got an idea and the energy to you know, help make it happen um, is well you know, get in touch yeah gorillagardeners.org well there's gorillagardening.org but um, the, the, the project I'm talking about is online at mobilegardeners.org. You see many different little projects with, <laughs> with, with different emphasis. And the, the third project is, is just over the road, which is a portion of a council estate, not this one, that I actually didn't know was part of the estate. It looked like a park to me, a tiny pocket park, about four times the size of this room. And it's not one of Southwark Council's parks it's just a council estate for them so they haven't done a lot with it and a bit of guerrilla gardening this time last year uh, led to the Tenants and Residents Association support the council's permission so it, this is a guerrilla garden that's grown up really quickly you know, it's absolutely legit and then blossomed. Another, but it's blossomed <laughs> so much so that uh, another neighbour who doesn't even doesn't live in this block, doesn't live in that council estate, just lives up the road and we got to know each other through guerrilla gardening. She decided to um, apply for some funding from the co-op bank and has got £1,900 worth of oh, funding right. to re- really improve that park. And um, that came through a few weeks ago to the Tenants Residents Association. So I'm now working with them to, to spend it. Um, and I, yeah, it, it's just, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. All the council had to do was say yes. I'm not <laughs> much easier to get money from the co-op. It was so quick. You know, they just they, you can apply at any time, and they made their decision within six weeks. And we've got the money; we can get cracking. If we'd done it through the council's process, we wouldn't have been able to apply until next week, and we wouldn't be getting any money if we were successful until March. Just a bit late. Yeah, I guess you can take money out of the equation. Then yeah. it just like knocks off so much of the bureaucracy. Yeah, it? yeah. 
they're not going to make any demands of us apart that's from it well this is it if it was the council money as well it, you'd feel I'd feel under more pressure that they'd be scrutinising everything they're, they're happy they, they're, they're just to, yeah, to be rid of it as I see it <laughs> as long as they don't get any complaints speaking of complaints Oh. You uh, mostly uh, is incident free here the gardening, but there is a video on YouTube of you uh, getting uh, removed from the roundabout by the police. Yes, my dear beloved roundabout that I'm looking down on now, at the centre of the Elephant and Castle, uh, something of a waste ground, but one that we've been as guerrilla gardeners improving a bit. And unfortunately, on one of the early digs there, as you described, the police did come along en masse in a minibus it was at, yeah it was at least half a dozen yeah they, they drove their Astra car onto the roundabout crossed the pedestrian footpath and a minibus came round so that we were surrounded and they were really they were really serious in a way that I'd never experienced before I'd had encounters with the police several times before then I'd been guerrilla gardening for three years by that point but I'd always talked my way out of it quite quickly and it just ended very amicably, you know, with a sort of raised eyebrow of what's this weird gardener guy doing, but nothing more. But in this case, they were very serious. Yeah, they seemed determined that this was, this yeah. improvement wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's laughable, isn't it, to refer to it as criminal damage, and that's yeah. what that's what yeah. they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's two elements, it's, isn't it? The, the ludicrousness of the yeah, accusation and the amount uh, of manpower and numbers that they yeah. thought you needed to do yeah. to stop people improving the look of an yeah. area. But I, I think. They just didn't believe us, or they didn't trust their own judgment of what would be considered an improvement, and that—that's sad. Better get a van full of people, I suppose, isn't it? Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they? they're not interested in whether it's good or bad. No. they're just like you get off. And once they've made their mind up, that was it. I'd imagine they like... made their mind up, and because there was a camera rolling, I right. think that also probably contributed to their their very um, firm stance. Because I've not had trouble since. You know, that the, where we were going, well. that garden is doing very nicely. Yeah. Five years on, five and a half years. Because you'd like to imagine that if you were doing it, and a policeman came, along, what are you doing? You went, I'm uh, gardening. They sort of go, great, yeah, okay, yeah. good. I thought, yeah. it was a, I thought crime has been committed. It's That's not, it. So I'll just, I'll go away now. Yeah. With my, I have no and, further and, and, and the good news is, I've had conversations exactly yeah, like that that's with, the, with that's the police. That's the only conversation. And it's sure, great. And it? they're yeah. delighted. Actually, yeah, they don't always think I'm a loon. Sometimes they're actually. Okay, I get it totally. Great, well done. Well, we were chatting to, as you predicted, the bus driver yes. uh, the lights earlier on today uh, was incredulous. Uh, we <laughs> yes. were just gardening uh, a roundabout. Yeah. Just couldn't, but it seemed quite pleased. And that was quite nice as well to sort of see. Um, he wasn't gradual. When he really realised we were serious, he just like smiled and went, okay. Mm. And just went off on his way a little bit happier and a bit uh, yeah. more optimistic about the world. That's it. That's, it. That's part of the benefit. Some of our listeners uh, might want to get involved and say, I don't know, if they don't live particularly near here, yeah. they might want to get involved outside of organised guerrilla gardens. Yes. Uh, can they just, just dive in and start planting yes. bulbs in traffic Please. islands? Just, to, just go and do it. Just go and do it. It doesn't need to be organised. Um, I'm very grateful when people you know, travel and come and help out. You know, there was a guy there this morning who'd come all the way from Queen's Park Rome, um, I thought it was. Well, Rome, you're right. Yeah, yeah dedication. Yeah. Rome via Queen's Park. Yes. Yes. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's nice to have the, the help. It's interesting meeting people. But I love to see 
other people's guerrilla gardens and that's people just getting out there and doing it themselves which reminds me I, I have not found out who has been planting up Kennington I think it's Kennington Road from the Imperial War Museum down to Kennington Cross there are these beautiful pink cyclamen that someone has been planting in the tree pits and each time I go past another load right. has been added now, this is absolutely definitely gorilla this is the, 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 the form it's taking the way it's being planted so this is some local resident or few that are planting up these tree pits and it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant much better that than someone emailing me going oh Richard I'm thinking of doing this what about this don't think of doing it just go and do yeah. it I mean I don't mind answering people giving them yeah. advice I try and respond to emails but um, well Julie said this to me in the comic shop before she's had people sort of saying how do I get involved in DIY culture it's yeah. like a joke, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's a comic yeah. name. Yeah. Yes. I get involved in DIY culture. Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> don't know if it's made for you. Because yes. This is uh, completely off topic, but yes. it just goes to me, as you said, about those trees along there. Have you ever noticed the little plaques that are on the trees? I have. Good. I have. Because yes. I think I'm going mad. On Kennington Park Road. Yeah. Yes. With the, the astronauts' names on. Yes. Do you have any idea what that is? No, no. no. I think it's they've been there about perhaps a decade or so. Yeah. I'm assuming it's actually with the Imperial War Museum and the fact that all, all the astronauts were in the Air Force. That's the oh. only thing I can sort of make any sort of connection with oh. in terms of locality mm. and... But there's no, no reason, is no, there? No, it doesn't sound Why like Why are these Apollo thing. astronauts on trees in Kennington? <laughs> I don't know, except I, I've always assumed it's some passionate fan who has decided to... Gorilla planking. Yeah. <laughs> use the trees as some kind of ad hoarding to, to, to <laughs> spread the word for those who are... Cosmonauts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the memory alive. That's it. Um, talking of armed forces... Yes. The language you use mm. is in very deliberately militant, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is. Um, for, for all sorts of reasons. I, I use it because it is a battle... It certainly it's a battle against the, the neglect that these places have um, to some extent it's a battle against the, the, the preciousness of the land the scarcity and, and it's frustrating when, when you see land getting taken away um, that could be planted up you know, I'm worried when they redevelop the roundabout for example that a lot of the green space and the trees down there will get obliterated because on no one's map is that classified as a green space and not that I've seen anyway and and so that, that's, there's that battle. And actually gardening, gardening is a battle. And I, Man versus nature, it, like it, in a kind of Herzogian well, way. It, 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 it is. And I, I sometimes find myself having to defend that point of view against people who think, oh no, you know, it's gardening's so peaceful, you're at one with nature. And it's, yeah, it's all about beauty. And and no. Anyone who's seen the extras on the Fitzcarraldo DVD. <laughs> <laughs> a reference I don't know but <laughs> I, I'm confident that those who are, 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 are regular gardeners will know it, it, it is a battle the, the gardener has their their uh, objective and whilst I think a gardener who is a control freak will end up with a garden that probably doesn't look natural at all mm. there is there is a bit of a, there is a there is a tussle with you know, the pests and with the weather and with the unruly plant who is too dominant in a space and the soil itself to be, might not even be yeah. appropriate and then you've got to do a ton of work just yeah. to get yeah. you know pebbles out and get some that's it yeah and that that feels like a battle but also it's it's fun I think that for an activity that could be seen as fruitless and and demeaning even 
You know, there are people who do think, yeah, well, why would you stoop so low as to pick up other people's trash? You know, this is the lowliest of, of activities. This is what people should be doing as a punishment. So, well, no, I, yeah. I, actually, I actually, I enjoy it. And I enjoy it all the more for thinking it's a bit of a crusade. And I, I, I don't think there's anything... And there's a real sense of satisfaction. Even today, you know, all, all we did was clear out the space. We haven't actually done any gardening yeah, itself. Yeah, there were but, a bit of bulbs planted, but yeah. basically it wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't, But just making, you yeah. know, that place look... We've transformed the look of that place within yeah. an hour. And yeah. it was, you know, immensely satisfying. Yeah, yeah. So, so the other thing we haven't really touched upon is uh, the fact that you don't have a garden. And, yes. and I've never had it. I mean, I'm 30, I've literally never had a garden in my life. Mm. My dad did um, a gardening course for a couple of years, it seemed, the Wharf Garden Farm oh, in yeah. the um, early 90s. Mm. And like, as a result, um, Gardener's World was on all the time at home. <laughs> Until Jeff uh, oh, Jeff died. Hamilton. Jeff Hamilton, that was it, sorry. Yes. Um, and then Alan Titchmarsh came along with it. It was never. No, never. The <laughs> <laughs> it was the same in my parents' household as well. We were Jeff Hamilton fans. Yeah the, yeah, the idea is that you don't have a garden, so you kind of just commandeer everything else to be a garden. Exactly, exactly. And it is, isn't it? It's a public It is. Space. I think it's, it's yeah, let's, let's see the public space as something we can be more actively involved in, in shaping. And you get the, you know, the social benefit of being out and about and bumping into people in the way that in your own garden you don't. Um, well, certainly not so much. And I realised that I don't need a garden. Not, not for that. Um, so I've, I'm still in the same tower block that I was in nine years ago with no plans to, to move because you've got all the gardens you can got all the gardens I need and I don't, <laughs> have, I don't have, you know it's not tied up in my mortgage in the way that it would be if it was my own garden it would be part of the value of my property which I'd be paying for um, this way I'm just I'm paying for the materials and putting some time in so it's you know, I look around me and I'm seeing apartment blocks going up none of them have gardens so there's just going to be more and more people who if they've got that itch to garden, hopefully turn to doing it in the street or in a project like the Mobile Gardeners Park. Why don't we do it in the road, as Paul McCartney once said? Because <laughs> <laughs> some do. There is the there is the pothole gardener. Although I've not, I don't think no, he's right. done any work. I imagine you get in trouble for that, though. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Please don't not, do it in the road. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. He's not got. I don't think he's, he's treading that line very carefully. But none of his work so far is in South London, from what I've seen. It's right. mostly around Hackney. But he does it in potholes, so he's not making the holes first. No, right, right. He's actually filling them in. Yeah. Oh, that's one way to look at it. If it does flower, it's quickly uh, swashed, isn't it? It is. Pressed, <laughs> it's a pressed flower. Very good, yes. <laughs> Do you have a background in gardening then, pre-Elephant and Castle? And where are you from? Yeah, as well? I'm from Devon, and I gardened as a child. I gardened as a teenager. Um, it was even a bit of a business for my brother and I. We went around mowing people's lawns as 15-year-olds. So that was why, when I saw this neglected patch yeah. downstairs, I was quite confident that Where Steve I Martin could I do it. I wouldn't have even noticed. No, that's it. You've got to, you, there is a lot to be said about having an eye for spotting the opportunity. And I think most people don't see that in the street. You just don't think about it as a place to garden. Um, but once you start thinking about guerrilla gardening, and definitely, um, I think this will happen to you guys now that you've been doing it a bit, you'll start seeing these places in the street 
in a way that you've never well, imagined. I've got um, a bag full of bulbs in my uh, rucksack over there. So on the way We've home, got plans. Really? We're going to try and Brilliant. see what's yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. We're, we're not going to step on your turf. No, 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 no. Southwoods in the borough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've Go also, uh, I wouldn't quit guerrilla gardening. I did a gardening course uh, yes. a couple of years ago with a few modules on MBQ. Yeah. And one of those modules we did, um, a hanging basket. Yes. And I live in a block of flats as well. Yes. Um, so I thought, well, uh, I don't have a garden. <laughs> I'll just hang it up outside uh, Which floor? the flats. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, that'd be nice. Yeah. And uh, hung it up and it was gone within three days. And I was oh. like, you know, I don't know, these things can happen, isn't it? But what was even more, I know, oh. was uh, uh, the uh, management company of the building mm. put up a notice. Um, whoever did this, you're not allowed to do this. Oh, it's just like, no. they were like, you know. So, like, so they, it had probably gone from some official. Yeah. Cleared it it away. sounds like someone came along and went, what's this doing oh. here? This, this nice arrangement of flowers has cost us nothing. And there's no maintenance because it's no. a hanging basket. So, you know, it's... I mean, it's, they are the dregs of the earth, aren't they? Management companies. In but, the you States. know, also, but also, the, you imagine they're charging to the building yes. for that letter. Yes. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to cause they That's want 20 really quid sad. to put another hanging That's basket. Really it was really dispiriting. You see, that, I think much as people moan about, oh, you know, the council and you know, they don't look after the place... The, the vacuum that that negligence leaves is actually a fantastic opportunity for those who just want to sort it out and just get it done. And it, yeah, that is sad to hear that a management company is doing that. But I, I kind of get it. You know, they, 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 there's a contract for somebody Absolutely. to do all your gardening yeah, yeah, bits yeah. and pieces. You, they don't want to be seen to be undermining this contract. And if they're really buttoned down, they're going to police it. But it's it's sad. What what, what you need is a contractor who part of their responsibility is engaging the community and allowing, and, and allowing that's it getting yeah. the volunteer help and that does there's, there's um, an estate in Clapton called, which has become known as the Poppy Estate it's a council estate I think in Tower Hamlets and the contractor there uh, I, I think he's called John Little but it may not be and he's brilliant because he got a contract and part of his promise was I'm going to involve people in planting this, and the results are like unlike any other council estate I've visited because he's got these swathes of poppies and curious little beds cut but out. He's got gardeners on site twenty four seven. You couldn't so do that with contractors. Yeah. It wouldn't be wouldn't every be day if someone sees a, yeah. a crisp packet in the middle of the flowers. They're they're involved and there's a sense of ownership. Mm. So they're motivated to sort of go you know That's beyond it. you know I don't want a crisp packet hanging out so yeah. flat, but you know yeah. Did you ever imagine that you'd go from uh, riding lawnmowers? Not riding, I imagine you pushed them. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It's not coming. We weren't that fancy. You probably pushed him. He was surfing. It was a very basic Honda. But to go from that <laughs> yeah. to being the twenty-fourth most influential guy, <laughs> just one place behind Jamie Oliver. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um, no, I didn't imagine that. I didn't imagine that. With a book um, deal as well, too. Yes. Who um, can get your book? I imagine uh, they from can. the website. Can't they, they can if they go to GorillaGoing.org and click on shop. It will eventually take them through to Amazon. So you could just go directly on Amazon. Don't do that. If you're going to no, if you don't, if you do that, then I don't get my tiny, tiny yeah. percentage of referrals, oh, right. which yeah. um, helps. But uh, um, yeah, there's hardbacks and paperbacks. It's uh, and many different language editions now. So no, I, d- I d- didn't expect. What that. is in the book? The, the books do it. May, it's it's a split into two halves. There's there's the, the the history to it because whilst I've become something of a, a figurehead for it, the movement predates me by about 350 years and there's some fascinating stories to tell um, and it talks about you know, why people do it and then the second half is much more practical it's what how I've learned yeah it's the how to 
exactly. And then the final chapter, which I called Victory, is about, well, really, what are you trying to achieve here and, and how can you handle, if you choose to, a transition to not being a gorilla? And that's still something I think people misunderstand, that the objective is not to be a gorilla forever. It might well be the case, but my objective is to be able to garden on my terms. And being a gorilla is the way to do it. And if somebody gives you permission later on, great. Victory! You're going to make it work a lot more easier. You're going to feel a lot more confident that you can garden here without the risk that one day a bulldozer is going to come along without you knowing and flatten it or, or whatever, or a contractor is going to come along and chop it all down. So permission. I suppose it also gives you great. a chance to um, move on to something else and people sort of take over and now it's established and you yeah. can go and then try and set up something somewhere else. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Also for sale, uh, lavender cushions. Yes. Which are lovely. Uh, Liberty yes. print. They are, they mm-hmm. are. And you, you're, you're, you're sitting amongst the workshop in a way. We've just got the trestle table out to start making this year's batch, which is also another Liberty print. Liberty were inspired by Gorilla Gardening to, to design four different fabrics and we've bought a load from them to make the pillows from. This will be the eighth year that we've made lavender pillows from lavender harvested from a Gorilla Garden up the road from here. And the fabric this year is very elephant and castle. It's <laughs> got elephants with castles on their back and wildlife and gardening contraptions. It's, it's actually inspired by the guerrilla gardening, um, obviously in the local area, but particularly in the Haygate estate uh, that, that is now being redeveloped. So, um, yeah, it's sort of the urban forest of the Elephant Castle that not a lot of people know about, with squirrels and birds and frogs and yeah, snails. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, £10 or two for seventeen fifty. That's right. Very competitive, I think. Yeah, very reasonable. <laughs> handmade, largely by my wife. Handmade and hand-harvested as well. I mean, yeah, this oh, is, yes, you know. yes, yes. This is you know, local, local produce in the truest sense. And uh, cagoules made from tents, all sorts of things. Yes, yes, uh, uh, yeah. I, I think those say... I don't know if anyone buys those. But um, they are they are available. But we we met someone at a festival, a wonderful woman who makes ghouls out of the tents that are discarded after music festivals, right. and we thought they're brilliant. So we said, well, let's let's help you sell some, mm. and we'll put our badge on some of them. Um, I've got a couple. They they're very good. They're very good. Occasionally, people realise you're wearing a tent because you need a few <laughs> toggles on and, and things. I'm sure you won't want to waste uh, your chance on air uh, not talking about the subway situation. Save our subways, is it? That's it. It's a campaign that uh, my wife and I launched last year, saveoursubways.org, because... You're a big fan of the restaurant, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) They're threatened. They're those burger chains. uh, (laughs) (laughs) The rise of the gourmet burger. I mean, it's just uh, too far. No, it's the... um, the uh, seven pedestrian subways that act as a shelter from the traffic and elements and a, and a fast passage for pedestrians uh, around the Elephant and Castle that unfortunately have um, their detractors because they're in a really grotty state. They haven't been looked after. And, and worst of all, the signposts that have been in place for about 20 years are riddled with errors. <laughs> so people get lost down there and they start blaming the subways rather than the signs. 
And there's been talk of redeveloping this junction for years, and the assumption from those planning it has been get rid of the subways. People can wait by the side of the road for the traffic to stop and cross. And I, I disagree with that. I think given that they've been built, you've got this space in a dense city, you know, it's getting more and more dense, more high-rise, more people moving in here. You've got that space. Surely it can be made to work better. It can be refurbished, it can be signposted better. Even if some of the subways are perhaps a bit unnecessary, there are at least a couple that I think are a fantastically convenient route. And you could do it with condensing a little bit, I suppose, couldn't you? But like you say, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not a, there's I, no need to that's fill it, I'm, them in, is No, I'm not, I'm not here you know, saying preserve them. They're a, they're a historic relic. Uh, although that's part of my argument. There have been subways here for 100 years, and there have been subways here for 100 years with good reason, because it's a really busy junction. And if you force everybody to share the surface, it's going to be slower for everyone to get round. Um, and that's part of the point. I mean, that's the, 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 the frustration. That's part of the point. Because it is a dangerous junction for cyclists and motorists. And if they're slowed down, then it's better for cyclists. But that needn't be... You needn't slow down pedestrians as well. Slow yeah. down the traffic whilst still enabling the pedestrians to cross the road. So actually, I had a meeting after you know, nearly a year of campaigning. I had a meeting with Transport for London in their offices last Friday with the designer, with the project manager, with their engagement, um, community engagement person, and, and learnt quite a bit more, and was amazed <laughs> that what Boris and the leader of the council unveiled in July, which was a very fancy CGI impression of the proposals, is largely fiction. Um, <laughs> And, and these planners were actually a bit exasperated that that had been <laughs> unveiled because oh, it right. makes their job a lot harder to have a proper consultation with people because they'll be going, oh, but we've been told it's this. Well, no, it isn't necessarily this. All, all that's currently on the table is, is peninsularising it, which I think will cause some trouble, um, and removing all the subways um, and, and some of the changes to the direction of the traffic. What is not on the table is putting the northern line in the middle of the roundabout nor any of the grandiose that landscaping yeah that's yeah, there's, a, there's a video on YouTube which shows the northern line in the middle of the roundabout and that's what Boris and Councillor Peter John are there the like. that will that will be that will fit there as well All right. and an amphitheatre <laughs> an open air amphitheatre and also and you think Look, just hang on a minute. Hang on. Where, where they, where they? I'm coming from. Where, where the TfL are coming from? Where we agree is. Let's just work out how people get around. Let's make sure that we can make it safer for cyclists and not make it worse for pedestrians or motorists. Uh, and let's get that working. And then, once we've got that working, work out well. What, what do we do with the, the, the space in between? Um, so we'll see. There's going to be a public consultation in February that's well that was announced publicly last week and they've been promising it for over a year oh it'll be next month it'll be next month they finally said right it's in February which isn't soon enough but at least it's going to happen and we'll probably have, an updated video as well you'd imagine. Yeah, I hope so I hope so yeah yeah so um, if you're a fan of the subways if you can see their potential please get in touch because when it comes to February we're going to have to make our voice heard loudly 
Um, What's the Twitter account? Uh, it's Roundabout News and SaveOurSubways.org. Great. And your Twitter, Richard, is at Richard underscore double O one. That's correct. Yep. I tweet from there about my gorilla gardening and bits and pieces. Yep. Great. All right, thanks for talking to us, Richard. Thanks very much. We've left Richard's flat and we're now on the corner of Dale Road and John Ruskin Street where Woolworth and Campbell meet, one of the many points where they meet. Which is quite fitting because obviously I'm from Campbell, you're from Woolworth. Yeah, and together, Steve, we've planted ten... Do you want to pronounce that? Tulip. Greasy tulip red riding hoods. Ten of those and uh, about 15, 20 mixed narcissi. Kindly donated to the show by my father, the Bulbs. But I just bought him lunch, so I wonder if that was factored (laughs) in somehow. Yeah, we've planted them uh, in the flower bed um, just by the zebra crossing. Can't really miss it. Right, just looking at the instructions to... Uh, you probably should have done it before we plant them. Water well, but we're not going to be watering it. So if you pass, feel free to water it. Uh, we're hoping that the uh, rain will do that for us. And I presume, Steve, we'll see them in the spring, will we? Yeah, let's have a look and see. So if you're on the P5, there's one P5 right there at the stop, stop S. Just have a look out the window on your left-hand side. Plant from September to December, flowering time April till May. Yeah, so back in April, May, we'll uh, revisit. And in the meantime, we'll post some uh, Instagram photos at SLHC. I'll have to pop by here, Steve, because it's a bit dark at the moment. And also, we've messed it up a bit and we're the soil. That's all right. I'll pan it down. You're not pan it down afterwards. But this is what we're talking about, isn't it? Embracing the spirit of guerrilla gardening. Yeah. Like, we were a bit reluctant at first. Um, not reluctant. At first, we weren't quite sure what Richard's view would be, whether you should just willy-nilly just go planting stuff around regardless of experience. But he fully embraces that. So that's what we've done. Do you feel like a seasoned gardener now, Steve? I don't, but I have really enjoyed all the things we've done today. The planting our own things now, talking to Richard about his projects, and this morning at St George's Circus, clearing up an existing gorilla garden. Yeah, probably got your hands dirty. See, I've always been in Southern Hardcore to make money, and uh, that's not been the case at all, is it? I mean, please use our Amazon link, uh, com so we get a few pence. But it's what it's led to, rather than paid work, it's led to me doing free manual labour. <laughs> that's not really the spirit of Southern Hardcore. We're about promoting South London getting involved in the community just making things a bit better for everyone and you know if we get paid off like that yeah exactly com for more stuff guerrillagardening.org for the rest of Richard's stuff follow us on Twitter at SLAC facebook.com slash southlondonhardcore and obviously tell all your friends about us spread the word like a farmer spreads the seed